Welcome to the High Income Business Writing Podcast, helping you propel your writing business to a whole new level. And now, here's your host, Ed Gandia. Hey there, welcome to the High Income Business Writing Podcast. I am your host, Ed Gandia, and this is the podcast for business writers and copywriters who want to earn more and less time doing work they love for better clients. Just a quick reminder that you can find detailed show notes for this episode at b2blauncher.com forward slash episode 164. Those notes will include a summary of our discussion as well as links to any resources we mentioned during the show. One of the things that I focus on with many of my coaching clients is productivity, productivity improvement. You could have great clients that pay you high fees, but really, if, if you can't get control over your week, you're going to burn out quickly. Or maybe a more common scenario is one where nothing seems to be working. Maybe you don't have great clients, but you also don't seem to ever have time to market yourself better and more consistently so you can land better clients and opportunities. If that Sounds familiar. If that's something you struggle with, I think you're going to enjoy today's episode. My guest is Jordan Baker, and Jordan is a personal productivity expert and the creator of Focuster at Focuster.com, and that's an auto-scheduling calendar app for entrepreneurs, freelancers, and other professionals. Jordan takes a very holistic approach to productivity that's very well aligned with my own approach. If you've been through any of my productivity training, you're going to hear some familiar advice here, but you're also going to get Jordan's insights and practical ideas, which are excellent. It doesn't matter if you're a paper and pen kind of person or if you're really into apps and tools, none of that matters. You're going to walk away from this conversation with some great ideas to help get you on the right track and help you get the most important things done every week without all the stress and drama. Enjoy. Jordan, welcome. It's great to have you here. Ed, thanks so much for having me on. Well, let, let's start with uh, some background because I, I, I want to dive into this topic and I'm anxious to talk with you about this. It's one of the things that I'm that I'm really passionate about and I geek out over this stuff. But I want to make sure folks uh, get an, an idea of where you're coming from, what your background is, uh, what you do today, and, and maybe a little bit about what led you to this point. Yeah, I love Love talking about the origins. Um, so, just to start with what I do today. Today, I help busy professionals manage their focus and not just their time. I'm I'm actually so passionate about this topic that I've created software to help do just that. Um, the way I, you know, what I believe about this topic is I believe that we can't directly affect the passing of time. Right? Like seconds are ticking by no matter what I do. Um, what I can control is where I put my attention. So going back to the very beginning for me, at least in my professional life, um, I had a very, very short kind of career working in a, yeah, in a uh, corporate environment. I think I worked for, uh, let's see, a year uh, in one company and a year in a second company. And after that, I decided to go freelance. And that's what I've been, you know, I did freelancing for, for, at least 10 years, and then I, I, I founded my first uh, uh, company as a web development agency. And in that process, I realized that that my ability to manage my focus was really the key to growing both professionally and personally. But, but you know, in terms of professionally and in terms of growing my revenue, in terms of developing relationships, 
um, you know, really being able to manage my focus and to to execute was the key. I mean, it, it's it's kind of logical, but when you start to break down what focus really is, that's where it gets gets a little bit more interesting. Um, so, it, in order to get there, I studied many many productivity systems, including things like getting things done, and I studied uh, some of the things that Tony Robbins teaches around productivity. He has a system called RPM. And I also uh, studied what Stephen Covey talks about when it comes to productivity. And one of the key commonalities, uh, at least out of the two of those three, um, that I found really powerful was to actually commit time in my calendar for my priorities. Now, that involved actually identifying what my priorities were. So that's, that's a big piece of the puzzle. But the second part, you know, actually committing time in my calendar created this dramatic shift in how much I, I actually got done. And it wasn't just, it wasn't just, um, getting more done. It was actually getting the right things done. And also when I put things in my calendar, it brought new awareness to places where my attention and my time were leaking. Um, Along with that, I was also studying yoga and meditation, and that has actually profoundly influenced the way that I approach productivity. I found it both very beneficial um, to develop the ability for self-reflection and self-regulation. Um, so, so those are just a couple of the <laughs> – hopefully that gives you just kind of a good idea of, of where I'm kind of coming at when it comes to productivity. No, oh, absolutely. It, it, basically, this is uh, you uh, and I are very well aligned in terms of our uh, how we think of this. Uh, I, I've said the same thing. It's look at it, you can't really manage time. It, it continues to flow no matter what you do. You can only manage yourself in 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 how you um, focus your your time, energy, and attention. So I, I love that. We're really well aligned there. And and I I'm curious. You spent a lot of time on your own uh, and then as a freelancer and then eventually as a business owner. Uh, I'm curious what you feel makes productivity such a big challenge for professionals, creative professionals, especially those who work from home that that's maybe different from those who work in a traditional office environment. Yeah, this is definitely a topic I've thought a lot about. Um, so, so when you, when you work for someone else, typically the definition of success is well-defined, you know, step one, show up on time. Step two, do the work assigned to you, you know, step three, profit. So it's very easy when you work for someone else because they tell you what they expect. If they're a good boss, they tell you what they expect. And uh, as long as you meet that criteria, you can feel good about yourself. You feel that you're being productive. They, they feel good about you and you get paid. Unfortunately, um, and fortunately being self-employed means that it's kind of like a choose your own adventure book. You, you need to define your, you need to create your own definition of success it's it's why you might have heard so often when starting a new business, uh, for example, in the book E-Myth, uh, which is, you know, a very popular book about uh, becoming an entrepreneur. He, he talks about defining, you know, what is your personal definition of success? Like, what would your what do you want your personal life to look like before you even think about launching a business? Um, if you've already launched a business, it doesn't mean you can't go back and think about that because 
that's really going to influence what your definition of a success is. If your definition of success is to, you know, is to sleep in every morning and, um, you know, go surfing on the beach and then work your ass off, uh, you know, between uh, noon and 8 p.m., then I don't see anything wrong with that. But if, if, you know, if you don't define that and you end up having to wake up at 8 a.m. to deal with some client that, that, you know, and you're unhappy about that, now, you know, now you've created a situation for yourself where you're not going to meet your own definition of success. So, so I see so many people, um, first of all, they miss that part of it. And, and the second thing is, is with, you know, with all this freedom to define your own reality of what success means. And we also are able to indulge ourselves, right? We don't have, we don't have a, um, we don't have somebody who's checking in on us necessarily all the time. Now, some people fill that gap with a coach, right? They get some accountability or they have a peer group, you know, maybe, uh, maybe you, you know, I've participated in masterminds where we, we meet uh, once a week or once every two weeks to to set goals together and to share our progress. And that can be very, uh, very valuable. And that takes the place of, you know, having a manager who, who's who's checking in on you. It's, you know, when you're a freelancer, of course, you have multiple bosses. So it, some of that is a little bit different than if you're, let's say, creating something completely new as an entrepreneur for yourself. So there's that little distinction. I think that's, that's really important. And, and the, then the third piece is, is around distractions. Um, again, it's just so easy to say, Hey, I'm going to take the afternoon off. I'm going to, uh, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to stay at lunch longer than I can, uh, longer than I should. And, and part of that is because again, there's no one checking up on you. And, and the other thing is, um, Sometimes you're just not as, as aware of it. You know, when we work for ourselves, we might be working in our own space. Um, we might be working in a space that we have multiple purposes for, you know, maybe, um, you know, maybe if you're in a relationship, your partner comes in and, and starts talking to you. So a lot of the things that just kind of come built in, just to kind of summarize, a lot of the things that kind of come built in, uh, in regular employment, you have to create for yourself. Right. And that includes your definition of success. You know, that includes um, uh, creating systems for accountability and that includes creating your space and managing distractions. Yes. So true. I, I find that it's uh, some we, we have to wear so many hats that uh, sometimes we can easily go down one or two different rabbit holes. And next thing we know, if it's Friday and we've gotten half done of what we needed to get done, which is uh, really doesn't make you feel great going into a weekend, you know? And in fact, what I'm seeing is so many freelance professionals then working every weekend uh, because it's just a constant cycle. Uh, so I, I want to kind of shift gears a little bit now that we've kind of set the stage and, and just start talking about some practical solutions um, because I know you you develop a a process for as you mentioned earlier getting instant clarity on your priorities which i agree is is just absolutely key there's just way too many things to do and if you don't identify those and address them then everything else will take precedence but let, let's talk a little bit about that um wh what can you walk us through the process of getting that clarity 
Uh, even when you have just a, a pile of things that you have to do every day and that's, that's your everyday reality. Yeah. You know, I'd like to just kind of step back just for one second. And before I kind of get into prioritization, I think it's really important that, that people um, understand why that's important. If, if you, can we just go down that little thing just for a yeah, second? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. Um, because it, it has a lot to do with how I see, first of all, like what focus is. And so I have this formula, which is like focus equals intention plus attention. Okay. So on one side of that, we have intention, which is what you want to do, what you, what you have identified as important. That, that actually is the priority piece, what you've identified as a priority and on the other side of that is attention, which is your ability to to execute. It's your ability to bring yourself to actually do what you need to do. And if you don't have either of those pieces correct, then your focus is not going to be effective. You're not gonna you're not gonna be properly focused. Um, you can you can be you can be executing really well, but you can be doing the wrong thing. So, like you said. You know, you could get to Friday and you might have been working as hard as you possibly can all week, but you may have been working on the wrong thing. And then because of that, now you got to work on the weekend. Um, on, the, on the other hand, you, you could have spent all this time identifying your priorities. They might be the exact right priorities for you to work on. And for some reason, you can't tear yourself away from looking at, you know, funny cat videos. Which are so captivating. So, <laughs> I just wanted to bring it back to the definition, right, <laughs> of, of what focus for me is. And, you know, and, and so because of that, um, prioritization is a really critical piece. So as you say, um, as you say, there, so what does prioritizing mean? And this kind of actually um, – Another thing I wanted to share is, is is why most traditional to-do lists fail, and priority is actually one of those pieces. So can I go down that little rabbit hole first before I can come back to your question? Let's do that because now we're really getting yeah. into the nitty-gritty. And as you know, cool. uh, we it's not just a to-do list. Is Many of us are working on multiple projects at any given time, so it's really a combination of yeah, projects, but you know, I, I got to do lists as well. So it's that's kind of the backdrop, right? Totally, totally. So, so what I found, you know, looking at different to do lists, and this is actually supported by, um, actually read an article a couple of years ago from uh, Harvard Business Review uh, entitled "To To Do Lists Don't Work," and and this is very, you know, very in line with how I think about it as well. So the first thing that traditional to-do lists suffer from is they don't account for time. The second thing is they, they aren't typically prioritized. And, and three, beca and because of these issues, they actually end up causing you more stress than, than they should. So the first item, to-do lists don't account for time. A to-do list is really only useful uh, to a large degree, if it can, if it can show you what you can realistically get done, if it's showing you more than what you can get done, um, that's going to contribute to factor three, which is stress. Um, what that means practically is is the list that you're looking at, you know, should really reflect your capability to get it done. Let, let's let's assume for a second um, 
like Ed, you you probably have a list of things. There's probably a never ending list, right? There's always something you can do, and because of that, would you say that's true? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. If you uh, left me here to left to my own devices. Uh, it would it would just keep on going like there would never be an end point there would never be a point it's like oh wow i'm done i could take you know the rest of the week off no there's right. always more stuff in the back burner that i can bring back and yes right and and so that's that's one problem is that people tend to create these lists that are that are never ending and that's not useful the second the second issue with time is most people don't put any times associated with how long things are going to take they just put they actually end up mixing something that's going to take five minutes with something that's going to take an hour. And, and this has an impact when you start to try to figure out, you know, what am I going to start with? What am I going to do next? Um, if you need to, to constantly juggle all these things in your head, then you're going to have difficulties selecting the work that you need to select uh, when you need to select it. So that comes to point number two, which is prioritization. If you don't prioritize your list in advance, then you might fall into the trap of scanning after every time you finish something. Now, why is that bad? It means, you know, that you're mixing two modes of thinking. One mode is planning and one mode is executing. And when you context switch, you're inevitably going to do, you know, both of those things poorly. You're going to, you know, if <laughs> you, you, you can't do two things at once. And, and the cost of switching between those two different things mean you're going to, you're not going to do it as well. And the end result typically is that people pick something that is easy and gives a feeling of productivity, but is really just, just being busy. Yeah. I, I think um, most of us will, will look at a to-do list and we don't like you going back to your earlier point about time. Um, a longer to-do list feels like more work than a shorter to-do list. First of all, which is not necessarily true. Uh, because some of the items on a, long, a shorter to-do list could be really, really long items that maybe should be actually multiple tasks instead of just one. And then um, let's face it, we, we always gravitate toward the easier things because the, the rush most of us get is in crossing things off as, as opposed to being effective. Exactly. So so you make a great point about breaking things down. So if you if you break things down so that it, so that you account for the amount of time you have, so if you look at your calendar and you say like, hey, I've got three appointments today, I've got some client meetings, and in between that, I've got, whoa, look, I only have four hours to actually do client work. Wow, that's not much, right? So you know, how am I going to maximize my billings? You know, how am I going to get the administrative work I need to get done or sales follow-ups? You know, how am I going to do all those things? So that's really where accounting for time becomes critical. And as you say, if, you, if you're not breaking it down, then you really can't, uh, this is how time, you know, estimating time and prioritization, in my opinion, are inextricably linked. When you don't account for time, you can't prioritize. If, you know, because if you have unlimited time, then you will get everything done. So um, knowledge and feedback on the, your time limitations is critical for the prioritization process. Gotcha. Okay. So we got, we got time estimate prioritization. Did you say there was another one? Well, I mean, the third factor of why traditional to-do lists uh, are less effective than they should be is stress. So at the end of the day, uh, um, when you are faced with an overwhelmingly long list, that is going to cause you stress because you're just going to constantly feel like you're failing. You're going to get to the end of your day and you're not going to have 
crossed anything out, you're you're less likely to have, um, you know, actually accomplish some of the highest priority things. Um, so you're not going to have that feeling that you can relax. And um, and also in the process of executing through your day, you're going to be scanning. You're going to be devoting, you know, more. To, it, it's stressful. It's just let's just say it's stressful. So there's time prioritization and stress that are problems with the traditional to do list. All right. So so with that as kind of the backdrop, let's get into then uh, some some ways that you can actually manage this and, and, and yes. actually get out of the cycle. And, and I want to, and I know you, you're very familiar with what we do because you were a freelancer for a long time, but I, I look at um, Monday morning, most of us kind of get to our desk and we realize we got a mix of things. We got client work in the way of projects. Most of the time we have uh, marketing, some marketing we got to do to market our business some prospecting, some other t- forms of marketing. We have some administrative work and that could be anything from billing to uh, kind of catching up with your bookkeeping to just miscellaneous uh, administrative stuff. And um, then there's uh, personal stuff, you know, family stuff, doctor's appointments, uh, taking the kids to school, that sort of thing. Um, This can very quickly get overwhelming, and I think most people just dive right in, right? So uh, what do you suggest uh, is a better way of approaching your week? Yes. So so definitely – Freelancers, I mean, everybody wears many different hats, but especially freelancers, especially entrepreneurs are wearing, usually in their company themselves, they're wearing at least half a dozen hats, uh, let alone all their other personal things. So, so that's very true, as you say. One of the most effective productivity techniques I've actually found to solve this challenge is to do something that is called time blocking or time theming. So this is the idea that, uh, and Stephen Covey actually was one of the guys who, who I got this from originally, but you, you identify what are the different roles that I play in my life, and you, you mentioned some of those things. Then you start to look at your, your weekly calendar, and you start, to, um, you start to paint or you start to block out times that you're going to address those different areas of your life. So, you know, if you want to spend... 50% of your time doing client work, let's say you, you realize like, look, in order to make the money I need to make, I need to spend 50% of my time doing client work. So then you're actually going to go into your calendar and you're going to block out client work on the times of the day and the days of the week that you want to do that work. Okay. Now you've, now you've identified that. Then you're going to go and you're going to look at the next thing on your list. So maybe you need to do administrative stuff. You, you realize, look, I need to do four hours of, of administrative work, you know, a week, and you block that out on your schedule. And you keep doing that until you have now built yourself a weekly repeatable schedule, which accounts for all the different hats that you've had to wear or that you do wear. And and you might realize along the, along the way that maybe you have too much work or maybe you need some support in certain areas to get all those things done. Maybe, you, you know, maybe you need a virtual assistant to kind of just take care of some of those things, or maybe a bookkeeper is in the mix or something, right? Um, or maybe you need to work longer hours than you thought you did, and that's just a reality right now. Or maybe you need to raise your rates so that you don't work as many hours, right? So there, this, this is going to give you some information once you start to do this process. So that's, that's the first step. I think that's brilliant is look at your capacity 
and then estimate uh, how you're going to uh, basically budget that. Uh, in terms, what would be the next thing? Are we now getting into prioritizing uh, what you do have to do? Yeah, I mean, just also just to follow up on what you just said, Ed, um, is that it's a, you know once you've established this thing, it's most like most people uh, that I come across will, as you said, will just jump right in. They'll work on the thing that seems the most urgent, but this actually gives you clarity about what to work, you know, gives you more clarity about what to work on. Like if somebody calls you up and, and if, you know, if, if you're not going to be working on client work unless there's a major deadline, you know, when you're supposed to be taking care of your administrative work and you, you know, it, it's brilliant because it lets it make sure that some of those things that are not nearly as appealing, like let's face it from, I, I don't know. I, I just speak for myself, but administrative work is not nearly as exciting as talking on podcasts or, you know, writing code or, 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 you know, or working on some marketing campaign or, you know, doing, you know, school stuff like that, you know, like doing my taxes and all like it's not as exciting. So, but when you block it out, you make sure it gets done. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah. So, so once you have that, um, then what do you advise in terms of figuring out your priorities and bringing those to the surface? Right. Okay. So, so this process to help you identify your priorities. So time is a, is a huge factor of it. The, the, the process for identifying your priorities starts with getting clear on some criteria and these criteria can be very personal but if you were to imagine a grid um a, a spreadsheet if you will if you will where you have a couple different you know you have the things you want to work on and you have the different criteria so one of those criteria could be does it make money right that could be something that's really important to you you know when faced with an overwhelmingly long list of things that you might want to work on you may want to assign some priority to if it makes you money. Um, another thing might be, you know, will it make a customer happy? That's another factor. Um, and another thing is, is this a, a repeatable process? Okay. So this is, these are, these are some example criteria. I actually got these example criteria from, from Dan Martell, who's a, who's another entrepreneur. Um, and these don't have to be your criteria. I mean, you might have criteria that's like, it's more along the lines of, is it aligned with your mission? Does this, you know, does this, does this support me in moving towards, you know, my professional goals? Um, th there's all sorts of different things that, that may be important to you, but the, what's important is that you identify those criteria and then you, you also want to assign some weighting to them if they're not all equally important. For example, you know, if, if making money is more important to you than, um, making a customer happy, um, it seems kind of weird to kind of compare the two, but you know, you might give that a value of three, making money, making a customer happy. Number two, you know, is a value of two and maybe a repeatable process is a one. And if something is all of those, then you add up that and you get six and then you sort your, you know, you could create a, a spreadsheet, you sort that and boom, now you've identified what are, you know, urgency might be one of your criteria, of course, right? Because if something is super urgent, you know, maybe you've let it go on too long and now, it's going to come up to the top of your list, right? Absolutely. I, I would actually add, and I know you said everyone's got their own or should have their own criteria. This is something I would spend some time thinking about. But, you know, is this is this aligned with my genius? So, in other words, is this uh, kind of like my core, based on my core gifts? 
um, because, right, it's many times we spend so much of our week working on things that, honestly, that's not that's not our highest value uh, activity or energy. And, um, you know, I think it's you can be a lot happier if you spend a greater percentage of your week working on the things that you're truly gifted at, where you add the most value in your business, as opposed to things that other people could do better, faster, cheaper. Yeah, I love that one. <laughs> Thanks, Ed. So, uh, yeah, so this is great. So the, the whole idea here, though, like you said, Jordan, is, look, this is a personal thing. Figure out what some of these criteria should be, and then you could even get fancy if you wanted to and, and weigh them. But uh, I think many times with some practice, I can imagine the people will just naturally think through them. They don't have to assign a score. They just just thinking through the, all the different criteria will help them figure out the priority, right? Sure. I mean, this is kind of like, first aid, right? If you, if your list is grown out of control and, and you need to kind of get back on track, that, that's, that's a process that you can use. It's kind of like a last resort. Gotcha. Okay. All right. So then, uh, once you figure that out, then what, what do you go next? All right. So, I mean, what I have done is I actually, you know, now that I've identified what I, uh, what are my priorities, how long those things are going to take, now I can actually start to schedule this in my calendar. So I can put it into the, you know, put it into the times of the day that, that are available. And now when I look at my calendar, I see exactly what I'm going to work on and when, right? Gotcha. So I don't know about you, but that the feeling of that for me is like, oh, I have relief. I know that all these important things are, are identified. I know they're the highest priority. I know I have time to do them. It's pretty realistic. I mean, I might not get everything done, but, you know, it's realistic. And, um, you know, the thing that's so brilliant about prioritization is that even if you only get a couple of the things done, if you do them in the right order, you can do like the first three sometimes in your day. Let's say you have three priorities for the day. If you do the first, you know, even if you do the first one sometimes, I mean, if you do the one right thing every day, it's almost like you can go home before lunch. Now, most people don't do that, but if you really did that one thing that could totally transform your business, um, you could just go home before lunch. Yeah, I, I find that moving the top two or three things to uh, the first three things I do during a day, that's made all the all the difference in the world for me. Because yeah. I have good intentions, and I say, "Yeah, I'm going to do this, and then I'm going to do that, and then I'll get to this other thing," and that's really important. Uh, but things happen, life happens, and there's a very high probability that I won't get my top two or three things done that way. Yeah, it's like eating the frog. Uh, is you know, Brian Tracy talked about that one? Is like putting you know putting the the most difficult thing at the start of your list in the day, but it's also going to be your highest priority thing. And, Sometimes usually it's difficult because it requires like emotional mastery. It's like, you know, for some people, sales calls are difficult and, you know, they put them off, right? If you're not a natural salesperson, but getting that sale could be, you know, you get one sale for the day that's worth whatever it's worth, you know, $20,000 or 10,000 or 5,000. But, you know, if you made a sale, you'd, you'd feel pretty good and you can, you know, absolutely. That, that's my point. Yeah. Well, I've also found too what I what I love about the system, which is extremely simple. And I'm thinking, I'm I'm listening to you and going, well, this makes perfect sense. Um, but we don't do it, right? <laughs> uh, is that 
I, I find that the kind of the emotional and cognitive requirements of looking at an unprioritized to-do list and in one that as the day goes by doesn't seem to get that much shorter is is so draining and i know that sounds silly um because there's people with a lot bigger problems in the world than than that but honestly that that can be debilitating because by the end of the day a lot of your mental and emotional resources have been taking up looking at that to-do list like every five minutes and trying to make decisions on it what you just suggested is look you make some of the heavier decisions early on, and then you let that guide you during the week, which is great because then you can kind of run on autopilot. Not 100%, but mostly. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, that, that's actually really a great point. And it kind of actually comes back to um, – I actually wrote an article, blog post on this a while back, which is um, uh, decision fatigue, right? Yes. You know, and, and, and the fact that when we wake up in the morning – you know, we have kind of our maximum capacity for making decisions. And and just as you said, you know, if we keep coming back to our to-do list and scanning all the time, we're, we're actually kind of frittering away our ability to stay focused and to decide. And, you know, um, there's certain things that actually help kind of replenish that, you know, taking a break uh, and eating lunch. Apparently, there's a connection between blood uh, blood sugar in the brain and our ability to to be decisive. That's why at the supermarket, after you've, you know, after you've had to make all these decisions about what kind of eggs to get and what kind of laundry detergent, um, then they put the, the candy right uh, before you check out, right? Because that's when you're craving, you know, craving, you're first of all vulnerable to making a, a, a decision to get some candy, but also that candy is, is something that's actually, you need actually kind of replenish um, your, your blood, uh, your, your brain, uh, glucose interesting. and uh, yeah yeah so and they've also another interesting thing is they found that you know if you're going to go up for if you're going up for parole right you want to be uh, the, one of the first cases in the morning uh, with the judge or you want to be one of the first cases after lunch if you're one of the last cases before lunch or the last cases before the end of the day that judge uh, the studies found is much more likely to keep you in jail because they are feel burned out on decision making, right? Yeah, that's so, right. Daniel Pink talks about that in uh, in his book When. I remember yes, that's fascinating, that interesting. So you know, the, well, first of all, don't don't land in jail. Um, and <laughs> step second, one, yeah, step one, <laughs> don't land in jail. <laughs> step two, uh, please, um, you know, try to get the better times. So, uh, all right, let me give you a couple of scenarios since we're kind of uh, in this area uh, about the, the challenges. A couple of scenarios that, that come up often, if maybe we could just talk quickly through them uh, as far as your suggestions. When it, when you start the day low on energy or you're unmotivated, um, how can you turn things around pretty quickly? Because many of us can't afford to then waste the rest of the day. It, it's important that we get back on track. Any Any ideas or suggestions there? Yes, yes. Um, I have often, I've often struggled with, with this myself, you know, just, just kind of feeling overwhelmed or, or having a bunch of, you know, maybe having a setback or something the day before and just, just feeling, you know, kind of already behind before I even got started. So it's a couple of things I've done, you know, and one of the things is managing emotions. Um, another thing is, is really just kind of coming back to that priority list. And then, um, 
the third, you know, the third thing is kind of some practices that can really, um, really transform, uh, how you feel. Like what? So, what, do you, what do you have in mind? Well, well, yeah. Okay. Let's get into it. So, so one of the practices I've found is really helpful for me is meditation. Um, and it doesn't have to be something super esoteric, but my experience, um, is about the, the kind of the core of meditation is to really feel what is happening for you and not to fight it and not to, um, not to try to change it per se, but to just fully experience and accept it. And I know this for some people, it might sound kind of woo woo or something, but, but my, my personal experience and many other people, actually, if you, if you kind of look into this is that when we fully experience and acknowledge what we're feeling, that it actually starts to dissipate. It starts to release its grip. And I, I think part of this is because our feelings and emotions are trying to give us information. And when we try to ignore that information and we try to get away from it, we try to not acknowledge it, that it gets stronger and more powerful and it, it tightens its grip on us. And and when we take a moment to just fully feel it and fully accept and, and get its, you know, get the extent of its information, then sometimes you can actually start to shift it, right? You can start to, to you know, start to, um, uh, the other day I had, I had a bit of a personal setback and I felt, I felt, uh, I felt like the rug got pulled out from under me. I was feeling a lot of fear. You know, I could feel like all this adrenaline in my body and I was like, okay, I don't know what to do right now because I don't know how to change this. And I just, I just decided to breathe. I decided to, and I noticed, I'm like, okay, as much as I'm disappointed in the situation, I'm here right now, I'm breathing. There's nothing actually wrong in this particular moment. You know, I'm safe. Nothing's bad. You know, like it, it just recentered me and, and it didn't make everything better, but I was able to, I was able to move forward, you know, within about 10 minutes. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. It's like it's, it, it, things can spiral out of control very quickly, and if you can kind of recenter, I do agree, man. I, a couple of years ago, I started meditating regularly. Um, I'm assuming you do mindfulness meditation. Is that typically what you enjoy doing? I, I mean, I do a variety of things, but I, I would, um, you know, I, I've I've done more uh, some of some like Buddhist insight meditation over the years, and and um which is more where you're sometimes you're holding various intentions for you know for goodwill to to all being you know to yourself and to others and um, those are powerful practices but i think in the realm of productivity as and especially as a beginning practice for someone who's maybe new to this yeah i, I think just a simple a simple concentration meditation where you're just following your breath in and out and you might pick a point in your body where you experience the breath so so you might uh, some people, when they breathe in through their nose, they just they just follow this point, um, maybe at the tip of your nose, where you or the, or the nostrils, where you feel the breath going in and going out, and and by focusing on that, that just helps your mind. Um, <laughs> people tend to get identify with their mind, and they think that they are their mind. All right, and and this is not not a good place to be because our mind actually should be our servant. Right. When you start to meditate, you realize like, oh, that chattering mind that gives that criticizes me all the time. And like, that's not me. It's its own thing. It's, you know, we don't want to let the mind become our master or we don't want to forget that it's that it's something separate from ourselves. 
Yeah. <laughs> well, it's a, yeah, it's, it's, it's a kind of a wild animal, uh, that can get completely out of control. Uh, so I'm going to give you one more, uh, situation, then we're going to need to start wrapping up and I want to be sure. respectful of your time. But, uh, one scenario that I hear often, and I'll give you a very specific example is Ed. Um, every week I set this intention that I'm going to spend so much time or energy prospecting for new clients. And here we go. It's Friday afternoon and I didn't get it done or I got nowhere near my goal. Uh, it's been three weeks. Every I set out with good intentions, but I end up uh, uh, failing. What's wrong with me? You know, what would you say to somebody like that? And of course, feel free to go back to some of what you've already shared with us. I'm just curious how you would yeah. uh, counsel someone like that. Yeah, I mean, it's it's dependent on the situation, but a couple of things I would look at would be, you know, are you setting are you setting your goals too high? First of all, so if you set a goal like, hey, for the week I'm going to, you know, I'm going to make 30 sales calls, like maybe just make your goal for for the next day, make one sales call, and then the next day make two, and 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 put that at the top of your list each day, right? Yep. And and so those, you know. That way you're building it up and, and very quickly, you know, you're building, I like the incremental approach. So, you know, you do one the first day, you try to do two the next day, but maybe you only get one. So you stay at, you know, you stay at two until you actually do the two. Yeah. You know, if you, if you can't even do the two, if you can't do one consistently, just stay at one until you can get the one done consistently. It's, um, Build that habit and build build the muscle of breaking through. Rather this than is, trying to do the big thing, you know, it's either all or nothing, right? That that all or nothing approach can can really destroy your uh, your morale. Exactly, exactly, and focus on things you can control. Uh, a lot of people create goals that are, you know, I'm going to get X number of sales, but getting sales is actually outside of your control because it involves someone else deciding and their decision could be based on things totally outside your control, like the economy, like the state of their business, like how they were feeling that day. But what you can control is you can deliver X number of, you know, you can make X number of phone calls. That's something you can control. You can send X number of emails. You can, um, you know, so, so focusing on, on the types of work that you can control will also help you to turn that around. I think it's excellent advice. Uh, I want to make sure before we wrap up that you tell us a little bit about uh, your productivity app. You mentioned this at the beginning. I know you have a a great uh, app out there that helps entrepreneurs and and freelancers improve their productivity and reduce overwhelm. Can you tell us a little bit about it? Yeah, sure. So so the app that I've created is called Focuster, and it's a tool that helps you do exactly what I've actually been talking about this whole time, which is it, you know, helps you manage your focus and not just your time. It's, I like to say it's like having a 24 seven personal assistant that's managing your schedule. So just like we talked about earlier, um, what this tool does is it helps you to visualize how much free time that you have. So it connects to your calendar. It knows, you know, that you've got four hours in between meetings today and it shows you in a very easy to to see a very uh, a very simple visualization almost looks like a, a progress bar. It shows you how much free time you have. And as you start to drag 
you know, it's a very intuitive drag and drop interface. And as you drag the, uh, the work that you need to do into the day, um, you start to see this bar filling up and you start to see the amount of free time you have uh, shrinking. And, and this alone, right, really, as I mentioned earlier, helps you to prioritize because when you know how much free time you have, you can make those decisions. Um, the other thing that it does is as you add things to your day and in priority order, it automatically schedules those things into your calendar. So it automates, you know, this, it's kind of a tedious process to, to schedule every single thing that you want to do into your calendar as valuable as it is. I found it very tedious. And so I built this software to automate that process. And what's also very tedious is that as much as, you know, as much as we all have great intentions and as much as we are superstars at executing on all this stuff, inevitably we, some things take longer than we expect. Inevitably, sometimes we get distracted. So, uh, so what this app does to support you in that is it moves things forward. If you don't finish some work, it moves it forward to the next available time automatically. And in doing so, and because everything is prioritized, you know, even if something takes longer than expected, you're going to get back on track that much faster. You're going to, you know, if it's billable hours, you're going to be maximizing your billable hours, even if you get distracted. Right. And, um, the last thing this app does, uh, I mean, it does a ton of other things, but that's really important is it gives you reminders when you have free time. So it's, it's so easy you know, when we finish one thing and we're kind of thinking about what to do next, instead of you having to go and pull that information, it actually pushes it right to you. It says, Hey, here's your next thing on your list. This is your next highest priority. Um, so, so, you know, it works with Google Calendar, Outlook 365, Exchange, and iCloud, your favorite, Ed. Ah, and, yes. Um, <laughs> and it has a native Trello integration, so you can work with a team. Uh, you can you can put your 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 projects in Trello, and you can um, you can schedule uh, the cards that you're working on in your calendar. Um, it connects to thousands of other apps that you probably use using Zapier, so you can use this as a as a digital action hub, you can bring in all of your commitments, whether it's from a CRM or project management tool, you know, whether it's your own personal to do's um, and you can implement time blocking. You can, you can uh, set up different parts of your schedule where you fill up, let's say your administrative list and that'll schedule it only at the time where you've committed to your administrative work. So there's a ton of features. Um, and um, Where can you know, people learn any, more about it? Uh, yeah, right. yeah. If any of your listeners are interested in giving it a shot, we offer a 14-day free trial. And they can go to Focuster.com, which is Focus, T-E-R-F-O-C-U-S-T-E-R.com. And uh, also, when you sign up for the free trial, we also include a free focus management email course as part of our kind of onboarding email sequence. So if, you know, if some of the things uh, productivity wise I've been talking about are useful, um, we have a lot, you know, a lot more information in that email course that we share. That's awesome. That's awesome. So guys, check it out. We'll make sure to include that uh, link in the show notes so folks can come back and reference that if they're listening to this outside of the office. But uh, Jordan, thanks thanks so much for coming on today and for sharing all these wonderful, useful, very practical ideas with us. You're very welcome, Ed. I, I really enjoyed our conversation. The High Income Business Writing Podcast is a production of B2B Business Launcher. Learn more at b2blauncher.com.